welcome to episode 125, I, I think, of of Life's Gamer Radio. Is it one? Two, it is one two five. It's been a while, it? Mark. Eh? Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I think it's 100, episode 125. Uh, Justin Smith will correct me later if it's wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm your host, Mark Hamer. Joining me tonight, we've got a bumper crew. Uh, Adam Ducker. Hello. Hello. Uh, Andy Piddy. Hello. Hello. And Chazzy. Hello. Hello. Uh, how many of us are actually are, are watching the England game instead of concentrating on this, mate? Yeah. Nope. Yeah, no. Half. Yeah. I'm drinking ha- half the team. <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Friday night. It's a drinking night. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, we're, we're recording on a Friday rather than a Monday where we usually do. Um, and uh, yeah, there's an England game on. Apparently, I've got no interest in watching it, but. <laughs> <laughs> watching England play, I, I love football. But watching England play just is just depressing usually. So not anymore. Not tonight. Uh, not tonight. Yeah, but we always say that in like in qualifying <laughs> matches and preseason friendlies, and then whenever we get to a tournament, it's just f-ing depressing. <laughs> so I don't. I'm just gonna yeah stop. If, if I don't watch it at all, then <laughs> it doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> if a football <laughs> game is played in a forest, <laughs> did it ever happen? And, and nobody watched. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today, so let's jump straight into the games we've been playing. Uh, first of all, I tweeted out uh, far too late asking for listeners to let us know what they've been playing, so we were inundated by a tweet um, <laughs> from... <laughs> Drowned in a, in a tweet. Uh, I just asking people what they've been playing, and at Arthur J. Plant... Uh, he tweeted in saying that he's playing Tekken 7 haven't played any since 3 but it's like slipping on a pair of old slippers they each have an absurd slash demonic personal history yeah the, the, <laughs> the, the lore of um, Tekken characters is kind of particularly um, the main family oh, what yeah. are they called oh. Heihachi, Heihachi and, yeah. and his sons one of whom is and isn't a, de- a devil. devil yeah and yeah, like the whole thing with that is really, really crazy. And it got it gets even more complicated and over the top in Tekken Seven because they decided to introduce Akuma from Street mm-hmm. Fighter and and weave him into the storyline in a way that like absolutely works, but it's just like f-ing ridiculous Absurd. over the top. Yeah. Now I I absolutely love Tekken. Um it's the the one fighting game that I go back to over and over again, uh, specifically Tekken Seven. Like uh, I bounce, I, I I go through patches of trying to play Street Fighter Five and trying to get good at uh, Dragon Ball Fight Z and trying to get good at Injustice and um, so on. But uh, I I enjoy those games, but I always bounce off them. But Tekken is just kind of because it's a four button fighter rather than the traditional six button fighters, and there's no like tagging in other characters. It's just it's 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 a, it's a, I can get my head around mm-hmm. it. I'm not a smart man, so hmm. uh, yeah, I find Tekken a lot more enjoyable. Never played it, but maybe I should. Sounds like it might be easy. You never played any Tekken so. games? No, I can't really? Two, two was the one for me. Uh, yeah, two, one and two I played <coughs> back on the original PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. when when they, when Tekken first came out on PlayStation, it's like um, I know the. 3D fighters had existed for a little while before them. It was the first time I'd seen a 3D fighting game. It kind of blew my mind. Like when you look back at it now, like you can go and watch all of the, uh, you can unlock and watch all of the cutscenes from every Tekken game 
uh, in Tekken 7. And going back and watching the cutscenes from the first like two Tekken <coughs> games, it looks rough, like real rough now. But um, at the time, it kind of blew me away. Like, see uh, how back how then I was playing Bio Freaks on the N64. Where you could rip arms off and people had like guns for legs. That's where it was yeah. at. <laughs> Let's move on to what we've been playing then. Uh, Adam, you've got a shitload of games to talk about, so yeah, you go first. I've gone through one of my. Uh, I guess I. I'll tell you what. I've gone through one of my phases. How I first became connected with Laps Gamer, where nothing sticks. So that mm-hmm. as long as this list is, it's actually these are only the games that stuck. The actual list is probably three times longer than this because I've been flitting from <laughs> thing to thing, trying all sorts. So I'm gonna rattle off this list, but not talk about all of them, and then I guess talk about the ones that are, that have had more of an impact on me, and are, I guess some that are lapsed gamer adjacent. Yeah. So I'll just rattle through the list first with some comments. Don't stop sneaking. Most boring game ever. Don't bother playing with it. Fallout 76, only got it for uh, Christmas because my brother-in-law knows that I loved Fallout 3 and saw it and got it for me. And I didn't have the heart to return it, so I did start it and it didn't stick. (laughs) 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 After Charge, which is a three-on-three shooter where one team's invisible and you're trying to activate these nodes. It's on Game Pass, so that's what it's worth mentioning. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the third in that trilogy. It's by far the most boring of all of them. Um, right. Um, towards let me just the jump end. In oh, go quickly. Because uh, I started playing that. Uh, the only reason I started playing it is because um, getting two achievements in that game was part of this month's Xbox uh, rewards program. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I downloaded it from the Game Pass and started playing it. And so I'm playing yeah. it on an uh, Xbox One X. Uh, and I was kind of intrigued by the fact that you can, uh, unlike the the previous game, you could actually uh, opt out of playing it in 4K and instead play it at 60. Or at least I okay. think it's 60. It's definitely a higher frame rate. Um, I think it's 60 that it's running at. Uh, and it just plays, it just feels a lot nicer to play. Uh, I played like the first two hours of it. And I'm really enjoying it, and I, I don't understand what why everyone doesn't like it. I mean, it doesn't do anything new. So part of the problem, but... I think, is like a lot of the reviews said, oh, there's less shooting, and there's more tombs, and there's more like wandering around and chatting, a bit like how Uncharted evolved. But, but by the end, of, but by the end of it, it's not that though. It's just oh. the same shooting, shooting, and it introduces enemies that are kind of like hordes. Um, it's just not fun. Okay, all the right. Be- the best bit in it is towards the end, Lara Croft gets to wear a gold hat that looks a little bit like Skeletor from the He-Man movie. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the best bit. Like, I got that excited was... at that. Spoilers. I didn't who tell you. Who played... Um... Someone famous played Skeletor. Uh, someone, he's called someone Frank something. Frank, Lan- Frank Langella. Frank Langella, yes. yeah. Frank Langella, who is like a really, really well-respected actor. Yep. And that's why Played he's the best player in that life. movie, because he is giving it some. Just chewing the scenery. Like when he looks at the camera and talks into it, he believe that he is Skeletor. Ooh, right. I saw that movie yeah. six times at the cinema <laughs> as a child, because we kept winning competitions and I kept going. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Skate 3, played some of that. It's too hard. Uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Finish that, it's alright. 
Life is Strange 2, episode 1. Really good. Really disappointed to read that um, the episodes are going to be pretty spread out this time and we're not going to see the end of it until like Christmas. Tetris 99. Best oh, Battle so Royale good. game out there. Still not it got is. one. I've got uh, my best rank so far is 12. Which I'm yeah, pretty I, pleased with. I kind of tap I, out of that. It gets too quick and people are insane. Yeah, I can't I can't crack the top ten yet. Like I've gotten countless wins in like Apex Legends, but Tetris ninety nine, that is the true Yeah. That is the, the Dark Souls of Battle Royale games. So good. Uh, <laughs> the Division Two, which I know others have played, so we'll talk about that later. Devil May Cry four special edition. I didn't want to buy Devil May Cry five, so I saw that four was on Game Pass and I uh, played it in one sitting <laughs> and finished it. Sure, some going. It's pretty repetitive because that's the one where you play half of it as Nero and then go and play through the same levels again as Dante and then do a boss rush at the end as well. Um, and then now I'm going to go back and talk about the games that I actually played and enjoyed. <laughs> uh, so the first one, <laughs> Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. So I absolutely loved Toe Jam and Earl back in the day on the Mega Drive. And this is completely unupgrade, like cartoon graphic style remake of it. And I realised it's probably the first roguelike that I played because as much as when you play on a fixed world, there's still like randomised elements, like top-down game where you're these two aliens trying to f- uh, sift between floors and pick up um, parts to your spaceship. Uh, you pick up wet, uh, presents, which are randomised each time, so when you use the presents, you don't know what they're going to be. It's really cool. I'd recommend it. I uh, backed it, so my name's are in, nice. name is in the credits. Tweeted a, tweeted a picture nice. for anyone that's excited about that. Can go and see. <laughs> uh, next uh, is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which you wouldn't think that a like 2D 8-bit style Castlevania game would be um, something a lapsed gamer would enjoy, but it has a casual mode. And the casual mode gives you unlimited lives and also gets rid of that annoying feature that 8-bit platformers had where where you get hit, you get knocked back. Um, so there are a lot of very tricky bits where there's like bats and stuff and you're trying to jump on like one pixel thick uh, platforms and it completely stops you from uh, falling in pits all the time. So it's pretty fun. Uh, so I'd recommend it. It's on Game Pass as well. So if you've got that, it's free to download. Uh, mm. Red Strings Club. How do you describe this? Uh, so it looks like a... Sounds like a brothel. Yeah. Well, it, either that or that thing that David Duchovny Ooh. was in, oh, but yeah. like they've brought... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries. Uh, yeah. That was Channel 4 about midnight, wasn't it? <laughs> That's it, yeah. So Sorry. Red Strings Club, not to be confused with David Duchovny's exploits, is a... Uh, it looks like a point-and-click game, and it's like a dialogue-based game, but it has interesting mechanic and part of what part of the mechanic is that you mix drinks to manipulate people to get them to answer questions you kind of so do this spikes by them. sorry so he spikes them sort of yeah but it's more like <laughs> it's more like the right cocktail of drinks so put this much vodka in will get people to be more honest with you put this much tequila in or get this people to be sad and then you do end up spiking the drinks with pills, yeah. Um, but then the me- the mechanic is like you have a glass on a table and like you're pouring like ratios of these drinks in to get like a little sphere to move to match the emotions and then you ask the questions you want. 
Um, so there's that side to it. So you're trying to find out about what's going on at this secret evil corporation. And then the other side of the game is you play as um, a corrupted AI who is installing modules into people to manipulate their emotions. And this is where the game gets a bit weird. <laughs> so these modules are implanted in, I think they're implanted into people's chests. And you have to craft each one to, so somebody will come and say, oh, I want to be more confident at work. Or I don't want to be intimidated by my boss. So it's like, okay, well, I'll give them the confidence module and then I'll give them the bullshit module so they're not so they're not uh, intimidated by their boss anymore. And the way you make these modules is kind of like the scene from the pottery scene from Ghost. <laughs> so you just have like a you just have like an outline an outline of the thing and you're spinning the table and you've got to manipulate it to make it so that it'll fit this like mold and then when you're done you go and bob it in their chest and it's uh Done. And so you do all this as these two characters and then the plot kind of brings them together and you end up infiltrating the evil corporation and then it has some pretty good twists to it and it's short. Like, it took three hours. Uh, it was on Twitch Prime a few months ago and that's how I ended up playing it. Um, it's pretty fun. So, again, another one that I would recommend for Lapsed Gamers. Uh, and then the one I don't... I know we talked about, I guess in our, like, comeback episode, quote-unquote, we talked about this quite a bit is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. So I have I have got back into it and have like good and bad feelings about it. So I'm up to chapter six. So I'm like getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of started to think, okay, I'm going to get deep into this. I'm going to try and do that whole like role playing thing and let it consume me. So I did that for so long. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do things like, so there's a bit where, um, Arthur gets tortured so then after then I was like right I need to go and like get being tortured out of my system so I go get pissed drunk I do all the bad stuff and then I got my head shaved and I was like yep yeah, I'm in the mood and then I got myself some like dapper clothes and now as the plot's going on I'm like wearing shitty clothes so I'm like I'm in a bad place as Arthur right now and all this <laughs> and you can play it like that but the thing is it just takes too bloody long and so I've always had this issue with open world games that are open world for the sake of it. And I think back when I did Last Save Loaded, when I was on there, I played one of the Mafia games. And I was like, it was Mafia 2. And I was like, that game is brilliant. Like, it's a great, like, here's the Mafia. There's some interesting plot stuff. But it didn't need to be an open world game. It could have just been yeah. me going from mission to mission. And there are games that have found ways around that in the past. So, like... L.A. Noir. when you got in a car, you could say, oh, you drive to your partner and he would drive so you didn't have to go through the tedium of observing traffic laws. GTA's got round it by you can just call a taxi and then hit a button and you'll go to your location except for in the missions, but it stops some of that. In Red Dead, it feels like the further you get in the story, the more it's... And it does make sense in the context of the story that Dutch's crew are getting pushed to the boundaries of society like there's one point when you're in a house that's relatively central now i'm like way up north but then it's purposely making me go all the way to the south then to somewhere all the way to the left then back to the camp and it's like this is just crap and i don't trust the like auto cinematic mode because after time you'll bloody career into a police officer or somebody or slam into a tree and fly off a cliff and be dead and it's, I've had it where like I've been ambushed. Yeah, exactly. And it's just bullshit, so you can't trust it. And it's like at first when that mode came, I was like, this is a great refinement of like the Witcher 3's auto run mode thing. And I was like, it looks cool, 
I can sit and just take in the ambience, but then they won't make that concession. They want you to like go through their world. And it's like, but there could have been quality of life improvements just so that when you want to get stuff done and get through the story, you can. Because like, it's all well and good. Like I enjoyed role playing and living those moments and stuff. But now I'm at the point where it's like, I just, right now, I just want to get through the story and do some story stuff and even the side stuff. And it's the way it spreads out. The side stuff's annoying. And it's just super annoying how they seem to want you to indulge in the world and be stuck and like get in that mindset through the open world but then the second you jump into a story mission it's a very choreographed like fixed way and it's like you're doing it their way like you have shots that miss if you you'll sometimes notice there's been a couple of times when i've not been holding the controller and after we'll like turn a corner and run and so okay so they're hoping that you're doing that and then kind of the but there, it's actually like trickery almost, like sleight of hand that they're pushing you along the way they want. And so, okay, so you'll happily take shortcuts when it suits your story or like it suits setting up the chase that you've done, created, But you won't, and you won't let me think ahead of the time. And I always think how in hard missions when like there was a getaway in GTA, I would deliberately go and like block an intersection with a bunch of cars and then go do the mission. And then you get there and magically all the cars have disappeared because it wants you to like chase somebody all the way to the beach or something. And it's just super frustrating. And it's just, I have such mixed feelings about it. But then the problem is when the story's great, it's great. Like just before we started recording, Mm I'm doing a story mission where you meet a war veteran and it's clear that he's on his own and stuff and he invites you to go out fishing and you have like this genuinely like nice moment out fishing with some old guy that fought in the war and he's now on his own with nothing but him and his horse and it's just like okay I'm getting towards the end of this story and Arthur's going through changes it's like okay I do want to be a nicer guy and spend time with this old man problem is he lives all the way over there and I can't be asked to ride to him every time. So I don't know, it's just weird. And But I still um, I still like it and I am still going to finish it. Uh, that's the problem, is like the 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 storytelling and the, the characters uh, and the, the performances are all yeah. excellent. It's just Rockstar are clearly incredibly proud of this open world they're built and they're going to force you to, but then- to explore it. It's not as interesting. Whether you want to or not. It's not as interesting as like a GTA because it's not densely packed. Like there's interesting stuff. Like the stranger stuff's cool Mm. and it's still cool if you like stumble upon another camp or something. But it's not as cool as driving through a city where it's like visual overload and there's so much to see. Like most of the time now, Mm. I'm just going through annoying spots where it's just endless paths. And I've done a lot of the stranger stuff, so then the ones that come are like repeats, like, oh, I've been bitten by a snake again. It's like, well, you clumsy f***, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's just like, so I don't know. Yeah. But I will finish it. I'm like, from what I understand, I'm halfway through chapter six, and then there's a pretty lengthy epilogue. But I'm getting to the point where it's a shame, because I do want to do all the side stuff, but I just want to get it out of the way, because I've been playing The Division 2 as well. And by comparison... That game is much more interesting in the world feels lived in. Every combat situation, you can handle it how you want. Uh, It's more of a challenge. Like I don't find Red Dead particularly challenging, so I'm not chasing all those gold medals. And it's just hard. It's like I just want to 
I hate having these ill feelings towards what's clearly a game that's doing a lot right and is also probably the game that's going to push the gaming industry towards unionization for better or worse and it's like so it's a landmark game in a lot of ways but bye i'm like up to here with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it grinds you down so it's hard to recommend like i tried i've tried a few things as well i had a friend of mine over here and i was just like yeah i've not been playing it a lot and then he said to me well, why don't you just try and do like almost teach it like treat it like a little western vinaigrettes and play like one little story beat a night and stuff and you're getting through it. and i was like yeah i could try that but then you get sucked in and it's like oh i've wasted all this time and done nothing because i've been riding I, anyway did you just say western vinaigrettes yeah. Yeah, I did. I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say something, but I thought we'll oh, cut no, that, I'm going right? to be polite. Yeah. We'll just cut that. <coughs> well, just yeah, Paul, miniature stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Newman was in a lot of Western films <laughs> and then towards the end of his life made salad dressings. So. Oh, yeah. Paul, I have it. So, yeah. It's all right, Paul Newman's yeah. Western vinaigrettes. It does a mean olive oil vinaigrette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and mint. I'm so <laughs> making the for the over record. The <laughs> anyway, the other thing I've been playing, which I do think is a casual game, which I can't remember how much we've talked about, is uh, Apex Legends. Oh yes, it's a battle royale game yeah. that does everything right to like get in the casuals. Like, you mm-hmm. don't want to talk, you don't. You use that ping system. Mm-hmm. You struggle with some things. There's a character class for you that can like help you out in some ways or other. Um, it's really good. Got my first champion, as it's called. Um, I was pretty, yeah, I was, was pretty good. pleased with it. I was down at the time, but it was 2v2. I took down the next to last person, and then Chris, my mate, took down the last person, and we were done. So I felt pretty good about it. I was pretty involved. Um, but yeah, like I, I really enjoy it, and it's not as tense as like uh, PUBG is, but then... It's also a lot faster paced. I feel like I'm better at it. Like I get, like it's pretty consistent for me to be in the last few squads if I'm playing with my regular people, and it's just really fun. So yeah, get on it, and it's free. Yeah, I've been really enjoy. I've been really enjoying it up until I had an atrocious, I'd say, week and a half run. Where because obviously it hasn't got that de- uh, very good matchmaking mm-hmm. or it hasn't got ma- any matchmaking at all like um sort of um, yeah. player rankings you know so you're not playing with people at your your level and I was just being matched with people that were just going yeah. spicy early diving straight in and every game I I went through a week and a half of just games where I we'd instantly dive straight down um I'd land be shot straight away and em- go empty back out to the menu again and it's just like this isn't fun. This is not fun now. I'm like a week and a half of come in, spawn, die, come in, spawn, die. Okay. I'll go, I'll, I'll drop off of my squad and go alone. Okay. I'm walking around and I've got a lot of kit. Then I walk around the corner and there were three guys. And obviously, cause I'm not in a squad, yeah. die. And it's just, and, and I had about a week and a half of that. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm close to rage quitting this for a long time. And it's actually put me off. See, the so the thing I do when I'm, playing that maybe it's the benefit of playing with friends a little bit more is i'll go yeah i need a squad yeah i'll go back to like okay let's calm the fuck down and let's just go and fly out to quieter areas and do that whole like if i'm in the last like three squads and haven't got a kill then it's like whatever but i'm squatted up i've spent like we've kitted out and we've spent that bit more it's like you're getting more out of it 
but then you do face the prospect of playing against like really good players who have got like all the high end gear somehow because they've like beast and got like twelve kills and you've got none. <laughs> but I do still find it. it more yeah. enjoyable. I do. I get into I do, that do, rush. I do feel that disparity that I I feel like I need yeah. to find a group of like yeah. six guys or whatever, and then you you know, and you you all just constantly. You know, you, you, uh, we had it in a Destiny Rage Mark where we, we had a big group of guys and we were just rotating in and out and we had squads going all, all throughout mm-hmm. the week and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And because I haven't got that and I'm just running, jumping in with randoms, I'm just getting the worst Apex Legends experience at the moment, I think. And it really has soured me on the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's, it's actually put me off putting the, that, the, like the battle pass, I, I feel like if, if I'm going to put time into this game and just keep spawning and dying, I'm never going to climb up those climb up the rankings and the rankings like the difficulty spike to get from one one lot of xp to the you know Mm -hmm. the next to get up a level is just apparently so wide and vast that you've got to be playing so many games just to kind of climb the ladder it just it seems unattainable it really is and like so i've had like a bit of a mixed bag playing with randoms on the internet sometimes i'll get a couple of idiots sometimes i'll get a couple of just like absolute pro players most of the time i'll get a couple of players are somewhere in the middle or like a mix of the two yeah um but i'm quite lucky in that i've got a couple of friends who are on you know online and willing to play it most evenings um shout out to brummy mike and and jake from ohio who i play quite a lot with um so i've got people to play with um but you know that that's if if i want to come on at a time when they're not there i have to play with randoms and it can be Mm. frustrating and yeah that's the one problem that the battle pass has is that the um the xp requirements uh to to, to level up are ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. to the point where, um, so I played it very heavily for the last two evenings, and I've I'm rank four, and there are there are 110 levels in the season pass, and there's only 90 cool. days, so you've got a so someone on the internet pointed this out on Reddit, uh, and then one of the people over at uh, Respawn came out and said. It's not too bad. Uh, all you got to do is, is average uh, an hour a day. And it's like, well, like not everyone's going to have an hour every single day to play this one game to be able to max yeah. out the battle pass. And it's like, it's kind of ridiculous. For 90 days. For and 90 days, yeah. Mm. Uh, an hour a yeah. day for 90 days, and you, you'll, you'll be able to, as long as you're, you know, above average yeah, or uh, average or above, of, then you'll be able to. A day of good level play, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then you'll be able to. Well, they said like an hour so a if day. You're like, if you're like me, it's like three hours a day every day for ninety days. Yeah. And that's just yeah, ridiculous. it is. And like, in, they haven't included stuff that you would expect to be in there. That like Fortnite's been doing for ages, and um, the battle royale, my blackout in in Blops Four has got like challenges and things like that. So. They will set challenges for you to do. You complete those challenges, and then you'll get like a massive XP boost, or jump a couple of levels, or whatever. Um, in COD Blackout, uh, you have a daily tier skip. So if you every time every if you jump on and play a get involved in a match a day, it would automatically j- like jump to the next tier. 
on the Battle Pass. Apex Legends doesn't have any of that. All it is is like it's just an XP grind to get up to the next level, and the rewards that you get through it are really underwhelming. They're things like, um, well, all of their all of their skins and all of their like. Yeah, sort of, I mean, like weapon, weapon skins and character just... skins are, you know, okay. That's kind of like the bare minimum of what you would expect. Yeah. But they're not exactly great looking. No, no, either, but it's they, but a lot of the levels aren't even that. A lot of the levels are you'll unlock a banner that says what level you've reached on the battle pass, or you'll unlock a banner that tells you how many kills you've got with this particular character in this season, or you'll unlock a voice line mm-hmm. for a character that it will that the character will only say under specific circumstances, like if you execute another player, um, and there's a lot of stuff like that which is kind of. Um, Disappointing. The thing is, Overwatch is doing exactly the same thing, but the level of quality in in those skins and those voice lines so much higher that you you kind of covet them. Yeah. Well, Overwatch does the thing. It comes down to a level of quality. Yeah, Overwatch doesn't have like the seasons like that. I mean, over uh, the Overwatch will have like um, a special event where. Uh, some new skins and emotes and stuff like that are available, uh, but they usually they put the effort in and they're like they're they're mm, themed that's what I'm saying. like so like they did like um, they're they're always really good like so um, oh there's the Christmas one and yeah there's, yeah you know, like they had with the London Olympics and it and it was like sort of, Halloween uh, track and field um, like the, the, the like yeah the, the the Olympics one they they always do uh, Christmas they always do Chinese New Year. Um, they always do Halloween and they'll do like an anniversary of when uh, Overwatch came out and they'll do some other things around the time like summer games and stuff like that and they always put in the effort like some of the skins that you've seen like like the Halloween ones like there's one for May which makes her look like um, the bad guy from uh, Big Trouble in Little China uh, or it would turn Zenyatta into like a Cthulhu kind of character like they always put the effort in uh, the skins in uh, in Apex Legends are just palette swaps Yeah, on the whole yeah, um, which is a shame because they do have some of the other premium skins that are in there are really cool, like the ones that launched with the yes. game. It's a shame they haven't yeah. built on that kind of. I suppose we should also mention they've also introduced a new character, um, Octane, Octane. Yeah, whose thing is he can run really fast. Uh, so his L one thing is like he'll stab himself with a syringe, a syringe that'll make him. He'll, he'll take a health hit, but then he can run real fast for a few seconds. Then that's on a really short cooldown. And his passive is that he regenerates health at a fairly decent tick anyway, so you don't lose health for very long. And then his ultimate is that you can put down a jump pad, so that you and your teammates or anyone who comes across it can like bounce real high on it. Just unreal tournament your way out of. A- Situation. Yeah, I had a discussion with someone on Twitter the other day because I can't quite Not see quite. the um, the merit of the character yet, but I just need to spend more time with it. He doesn't seem... Like, he's he's got... His toolkits are very much like a get-out-of-here sort of, you know... Feels like a very stick-and-move mm-hmm. character in a game that is not that kind of way no. in its in its fight. I like uh, characters who have more uh, skills for you know helping out teammates like my main lifeline her thing is being able to drop a shield when um reviving down teammates and yeah. dropping a little drone that can that heal yourself and heal teammates like that's that's my favorite character and then the other characters like uh Bloodhound who's like the tracker who can like spot where enemies have been nearby recently and shout out to the teammates mm-hmm. uh, or like 
Uh, yeah, I, I prefer the characters that have more like a role. Like Mirage, Mirage and Octane feel like lone wolf characters. Yeah, and to a certain extent, um, the robot dude. I was going to say, uh, but but then again, he can he can call out where the ring's going to yeah. be, so that helps. And his your ultimate squad. is that um, zip line. I've only really started using him yeah. very recently, like in the last few days, like properly using him, and that zip line as. Like uh, has gotten us out of some real clutch situations. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, Octane has has his uses. I'm sure. I just haven't figured it out. I will say, yeah. if you see another player as Octane and you see him run, it's kind of hilarious. Like the the way he the way he moves around. I haven't seen um, it. <laughs> uh, the the way they animate the way he moves. If you're looking at him rather than playing him, is kind of. Is he like the flash? Oh, no, no. He's just kind of like holds... It's it's the way he moves his arms and legs when he runs. is really hilarious. It's it's hard to describe, but you should... Is it like watching old-time track and field from like the nineteen like 1900s where all the, the film sped up? So they're sort of... Yeah. You know, Hello, it's Charlie yeah, Charlie he moves Charles. All of his limbs really, really exaggeratedly, but he's also like holding yeah. like a gun in one hand as well. And he just looks a bit silly. He's also the most Borderlands character that has been in this game yet. In a game uh. that... There's already been accused of being kind, having characters that are kind of similar to, and having a sort of almost Borderlands esque vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the most yeah. Borderlands style character Makes for sense. sure. So uh, I'm sure Randy Pitchford's warming up a lawsuit. So the sad, my sad times in Apex Legends. So you were saying about like, so that was really getting, but like you were saying about like sort of yeah. learning the characters, mm-hmm. and I'm enjoying this character and that, that character. I thought, oh. That, that reminds me of Overwatch. I might, I might go into that and jump on the PC and, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knuckle down and learn a character because mm. I've played Overwatch like dipped in and out and I've enjoyed it, but I've never really, sort of really sunk, immersed yeah. myself in it. Same. Yeah, sunk a bit of time into it and actually sort of watched a few videos and and, and learned characters. So I've been doing a bit of that and I've really enjoyed it. Which um, which one have you been learning? <clears throat> so I've been learning. Uh, Zarya. Oh yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been learning Zarya as as a kind of main, but also sort of on the periphery, um, learning Winston and like basically all the off tanks. Yeah, by the looks of it. But also the idea that, that, but with the view to knowing that Baptiste was coming along, the new character, who's kind of like a more mobile um, healer. Mm And that really appeals to me because I like playing Mercy, but I find with Mercy that I'm always a little bit of a, you know, you, you die pretty quickly and you've got to be very, you've got to sort of hide yourself in corners. So I'm hoping with Baptiste, because he's a bit more mobile and you can fire out health pellets, that I can sort of stick with the group and still feel like I'm involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Mercy, I feel like I'm very removed from mm-hmm. the fight, always trying to keep my distance and sort of hiding in corners not to get get taken out so yeah i've been really enjoying like you know playing as um zaria and kind of getting um my head around like when to bubble myself to build up my charge and then but knowing the times when someone's going to be rushing in to then bubble them to then re like sort of double my charge up and then really go to go to town and taking out big groups of people and you know teaming up with different uh, like Ryan reinhardt's are normally the guys i kind of stick with mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've been really enjoying that kind of just learning and getting really granular with one character. It's been it's been a really really good fun, mm-hmm. nice. and I'm, I want I want to do that more with games. If you like um, mobile healers, um, <laughs> uh, and especially given the current meta, 
in yeah. Overwatch, I would highly recommend getting to grips with Lucio. Okay. Um, Lucio, I mean, my boy. we won't won't know how Baptiste fits into the meta on like the proper professional scene until the next round, uh, at least, or maybe even the next season yeah. of uh, Overwatch League, because because I've been watching that. a lot of that as well, just yeah. get tips and ideas and, and stuff. And this is the same thing that happened uh, when they launched Brigitte. Uh, it was partway through uh, an Overwatch League season, so she wasn't included, and then. Once they'd reached the end of that round, she became instantly became like a, a quite important part of the meta in certain um, aspects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Cer- like, certain like, certain teams, it's normally like when you're running, you're running like sort of two main tanks, isn't it? Yeah, I mean she's uh, she's quite an important uh, character in like the the goats, um, goats people into yeah. the, the the goats comp. Um, which is it's a dumb name like it's named after a a, a team that first played <laughs> that comp goats comp for anyone who doesn't know is like three tanks and three healers so like no That's dps it. characters uh whereas like last season dive comp was like the the go-to meta so there are a lot of like winston and like tracer and um characters you can like get in up lots of lots of pulling people around so it opens up the yeah you know yeah. pull you know opens up the people and it's changed and a bit them. now um yeah so i'll be interested i haven't actually got, gotten onto overwatch this week to play with baptiste to see what he's like um but zarya is a character who like my other half plays her a lot she gets i mean i i, I get zarya uh in theory uh in practice i can't seem to be very effective at using her but she's my most used character probably in um, Heroes of the Storm. Um, oh, so like, and she has exactly <laughs> the same move set in Heroes of the Storm, albeit oh, in a very oh, yeah. different game. But it's still the same thing. Like one of her abilities bubbles herself. One of her abilities bubbles a teammate, and her ultimate is a graviton lance, um, no, a graviton that's, surge. Um, that's a great. That's great. That's a great move. Yeah. Um, in a moba, I can totally get with it been a first person shooter it just doesn't click with me for some reason um but yeah that that's that's the only way to really do it is just sit down and like practice with a character uh there's there's like endless video tutorials especially for the pc version because uh, the meta is slightly different on pc than it is on a console uh it'll yeah. teach you how how to best use that character um when it comes to tanks, I, I, there's only three I ever really use. That's um, Reinhardt. Uh, a Reinhardt, if I'm attacking uh, and you're like wanting to push a point. If you're defending, yeah. I always use Arissa because she's more yeah. like drop at shield and hold. I've been a playing position. Arissa. Basically, it's between Zarya and Arissa are the two like sort of main characters that I've been playing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you need to, when you need to jump to the enemy's backline and like. Uh, disrupt their formation and start up the, you know like if they if there's a sniper at the back that's being a bit of a pest winston is one of the best characters because he can just leap up to where that that sniper yeah. is my son also loves winston because you can just make him jump to ridiculously high places yeah. and then jump back down again and he just finds it he goes make the monkey jump yeah. he's <laughs> so, yeah. he's cool he's really good that, he's really good yeah. uh, there, there is a like there's a that's one of the things about overwatch that's just so good and it just keeps keeps me coming back to that game is that it's it's got a really, really high skill ceiling, um, but it's but at the same time, it's really accessible and easy to get into. Um, yeah. And there is a character for everyone. Um, and the thing is, with it, is there's definitely tiers of tiers of player. There's definitely 
casual players. There's definitely sort of like players who are just a bit more hardcore about it. And then everything between there and like profit and, you know, the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. And you will find one of those buckets to fit in and and find a decent game as well. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been, like I said, I've just been thoroughly enjoying just getting granular with a character and just trying to sort of hone my skills. And that's been... That's been wonderful. But I've also I had a weird moment where I've just been playing with the headphones on with no mic. Mm-hmm. And in Overwatch, not a lot of people like sort of get mic'd up until they get mm-hmm. into real competitive play. So I've been playing quick play and stuff. And then suddenly um, I was playing as Arissa. And then I had um, just a guy come over the mic and just go, right, Arissa, come up here. Come stay with me. I'm Bastion. We're just going to lay down fire. We're going to go over here. And then we're going to watch the pilot. <laughs> and he just laid everything out for me. And I just had I just had to follow his instructions, and it freaked me out because I was, it was just like, oh my god, these are actually other humans. I, in my mind, I'd kind of disassociated that these were just kind of, yeah. even though I knew there were other people playing. To me, because no one was talking, they were they weren't really real. They could have been bots. They could have been anyone. But now I had this real live human who actually cared and actually wanted to win and have strategies and stuff. And it was like, oh my god, this is weird. Uh, and I kind of did it and it was great fun and we won the game but it was also sort of slightly freaked me out like oh my god uh, uh, I can't do this anymore and sort of shut it all down and walked away and oh this is a bit weird which is and it but that but I've had two experiences like like that I've had that one in Overwatch and then in Apex Legends I had two French guys who basically took me under their wing and kind of just were they're like the nicest guys in the world mm-hmm. and that, like again i wasn't on a mic and i wasn't i was only communicating through pings but they were just like right okay we're gonna you could sort of tell they were saying right we're gonna look after this guy oh there's um there's a prowler gun over here if you want it there's some body armor over here and they were calling things out and pinging stuff and you know i'd get taken out and they'd revive me and i'd revive them and it was just yeah. getting like it was just really cool like i haven't had that in so long since like the early days of xbox live when you had like people that were just being really genuinely nice online and a bit of camaraderie and stuff it was it was really nice so yeah Mm. two two very vastly different experiences but yeah it's uh yeah it was just quite funny Mm. i forgot that (laughs) online gaming could be it could actually be be nice yeah Yeah, that's it (laughs) (laughs) uh you been playing anything else at all in chazzy uh, just uh, the Division Two, so I don't know if you you all want to kind of chip in on on this because I know a lot of us have been playing this, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got massively into the Division Two. Like, I was a big fan of the Division One. Um, sort of ran my my cousin and I. My cousin um, had had not played games since like the early days of the PlayStation One, and then randomly like kind of decided to buy a uh, an Xbox and play. It bought the Division One, and we played through it together. And it was kind of, it's basically our chat room. Uh, whenever we want, right, rather yeah. than getting on the phone, we just get in there and just kind of shoot a few people in the dark zone and mess about. But because he was so low level and he'd never used, done, played a twin stick shooter, he was kind of learning the ropes. And it was a bit, it was a bit of a weird experience because you were kind mm-hmm. of sort of helping him through and learn, learning how to play a third person shooter for the first time on a console. Whereas now it's our chat room, but also we want to, we we know the ropes, you know, so it's kind of, um, and we've got, you know, different roles and he he likes to rush in and I like to hang back. So that works out perfectly because yeah. I just basically take everyone out who's crowds around him. But um, yeah, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying it in a squad. I don't know about playing it on my own. I'm finding it a little bit, um, 
not dull, but just comfortable. You just sort of get in, do a couple of side missions, and not the most inspired game in the world, story-wise, or you know, the, the, but there's enough there to keep me going through for an hour, and I'll turn it off and you know go to bed, sort of thing. It, but when I get in with a squad, it's been brilliant because the dynamic changes and I'm, you know, between the two of us, we're kind of right. You use your chem launcher and take the, the elite guy down and I'll flank around this side and you get over here and it suddenly the game comes alive. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've been thoroughly enjoying it thoroughly, thoroughly fr- from that, that respect, you know? Yeah. But, I agree. Uh, yeah. I do find um, on the story though. And I did think this about the first game. I still think the echoes are the most interesting because a lot of their personal stories. It's not about this. Let's go save the world. And it's interesting. I can't remember if the first division had this, but a lot of the division two is still personal stories, but also some that involve like people related to the main characters that are at the White House base, and like stuff. governmental. So yeah, yeah. There's that uh, Ortega, like you know, that his I think mm. it's his brother's dead or something, and then pretty early on, you see an echo of him just going about his life, talking to some other guy, and it's like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder how this is going to kind of weave back in and I'm still pretty early like I've only played yeah. like three hours or something I'm about level 12 something like that yeah um, that's what two weeks in yeah yeah. and another thing that's super interesting about it when we're talking about comparing to Red Dead it's pretty cool how it localises everything mm. so you'll get to each, each like base kind of um, and then it'll pop up with a bunch more activities you can do that are all scaled to the level you probably roughly will be in that area yeah so you don't find yourself going, oh god, I got miles to go. Oh you're yeah, you've got cl- traips across enough. the map or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's that thing of just keep everything within an easy walk. Yeah. Mate, and the thing is, is with this is like the, when you're walking from uh, a safe zone to say a control, you want to do a control point and t- and you know do that. It's it's a not a, a long walk, but it's no by no means not doable within a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. on the way, you'll get patrols out looking yeah. for you yeah. and you'll have little firefights to keep it interesting on the way yeah. which is what red dead doesn't do it, it yeah, drops exactly. something in on you but there you either blast past it on your horse or you get taken out so quickly that you're just dead on the floor before you've even known what what's hit you sort of what's thing happened? so yeah, yeah whereas i've had some like great little firefights where i'm like trying to i see my you know uh, my other agents out out in the field patrolling and they're being overrun. I think, oh, I'll go and help them. And yeah, it's just little bits like that on the way to stuff just just keeps it interesting. Just keeps your yep. mind ticking over for sure. And Definitely. it's like I said, and there's like it it does obviously it's a Ubisoft game, so it does you know have the kind of icon vomit of you know just <laughs> icons everywhere. But yeah. I don't know. Again, there's something. I need that at the moment. I just need that comfortable pair of slippers of a game that I can just sit and, all right, there's an icon over there. And what I'm doing is like you were saying about everything's localized into an area on the map. I'm just going through methodically clearing out each area of the map and eventually I'll clear everything off. And then that's when my cousin and I will start doing the dark zone and trying to kind of, you know, not get absolutely annihilated in there. And then there's the raids and then, it, and it starts snowballing and, and I'm hoping by that time there's DLC coming along the line and it it's ne- it never leaves me bored and that's something I'm, I'm I'm enjoying about the game is that yes it's like the story is almost meaningless but the 
the world is interesting. I like the environments. I'm very much liking going into going into the buildings feels uh, a lot more interesting as well. There's a lot more sort of um, uh, best way I can describe it is like the, it's just a lot more kind of it's scarier going in a building now. You know, you don't yeah. know where you're going to get flanked from. You don't know if people are going to burst through the ceiling or, you know, yeah. out of a out of a wall or you know out of a door that you haven't seen and stuff like that. They they have kept yeah. it. They they going into the, into the buildings is actually more interesting than walking around the outside world, and just yeah, going for an for ex- sure. and then the other thing as well is like if you go for an explore, uh, you'll you'll be running along and you go oh that looks like an abandoned car like multi story car park I'll I'll quickly nip in there and you can guarantee you'll find a box of loot or crafting materials and that kind of stuff and there's always like hidden loads of little hidden stuff that you just yeah go off into the, and I never did that in the division one. You know, mm-hmm. everything was just a locked up. It felt like everything was just a locked off, you know, p- uh, poly- polygonal building. There were um, yeah, sure. there were some areas that you could go in and yeah. explore some like blocks of flats and stuff, but not many, really. No, not not by not as much. It was as always, there is, it, it? yeah, and it was always locked off. Like there was a clear path to go from through a building, and that was the only way you yeah. could get through that. Building, in through this window it. and out through that door, and yeah. and, that, and that was it. But yeah, I just like I said, I'm enjoying exploring the world. I'm enjoying playing in the world. I'm enjoying the level of complexity that the AI has in flanking and stuff. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, to the point where like, um, when I've been on, uh, and, uh, friends have been playing through, haven't been on, like you can match make for missions, which is fine, yeah. you know? And, uh, yeah, but, but beside missions, you can't. And like, I've done a good few of them on my own. And I've done a few of those like, um, enemy, not strongholds, but like outposts where you can call in like AI help with your flare gun and stuff like that. But yeah, that's the control points. Yeah. yeah. But doing side missions on your yeah. own is really, really hard. Like, mm. um, even to be honest, like when I've played with, uh, randoms that the match made with, and then a couple of times when I've been playing with friends who I've been communicating with, like we've wiped several times in missions, like in the first quarter of the campaign, I swear they scale the enemies up as well. And like the division one was like a complete cakewalk until maybe like the last two missions, and then it got really hard, and then the end game could get quite hard. This game is like they they've the the level of yeah the the, the how clever the AI is is just so much like yeah. they will they are way more aggressive at flanking you and rushing you and flushing you out of cover. But then they'll also stand directly next to you and act as though you're not even there. Yeah, like, but then other, but then other times they'll be literally stood on top of you, just emptying an entire machine gun into you. Like it, it's the weirdest AI because, like you say, you'll be looking one way and some guys snuck all the way around the side and around the back to kind of shotgun you in the head, and you think, oh, that's quite clever. Like, I've, you know, you don't get that in a lot of games. And then other times, literally, he'll be standing there going, I know he's there somewhere. I know he's there somewhere, and he's like shoulder (laughs) to shoulder with you, with me. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting away with this. You know, and, yeah. and then just taking him out. And I think, you know, like, that that shouldn't have happened. It's just the weirdest, weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, sometimes it's brilliant and sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, that's that's not, that's a bit atrocious. Yeah. But then other times, like, like with the scenarios, you were saying about how hard it was in the side missions. Like, they'll literally put you into, like, the tiniest room with the most amount of enemies humanly possible to fit in it. Mm-hmm. And you just think, this is unfair. <laughs> this is just plain unfair. How do you expect yeah. people to do this? Yeah, yeah, you know. 
How's the um, world been? Because I know the sales have been disappointed. So has there been enough people out there to play the games with? Or I haven't seen anything about the sales, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I thought it was it well, okay. there, there's been this weird thing about oh, the the sales are Ooh. way down, like like twenty percent of or something of what the Division just, One's is that sales just were. physical sales? But again, this is yeah, this yeah. is that that weird thing of it's physical sales, and it doesn't take into account that a lot of more people are buying online at the moment, but also. Like it's a weird time for games, and a lot of big stuff's come out at the moment. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it's that's a weird one because I don't think it that that has stuck as much online. Like, a pe- like people have called it out as a bit of sort of BS reporting, really. Ooh. And we won't really know until the kind of we get a combined figure, if almost. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, I've had no problems. There's a lot of you get you get a lot of um shouts of like for people that are. That need backup, but like, because there's this thing in like when you get uh, taken down, you can either hit the bu- button to respawn, or you've got the option of calling for backup, mm-hmm. and that will bring someone. Someone can reply to that, and then they will jump into the game with you, yeah. and give you a hand and maybe revive you. Mm-hmm. And you're you're constantly walking along, and then it's constantly saying, like, call for backup, call you know a Ooh. backup cr- request, you know incoming, blah blah blah. So you never feel like there's not people in the world, and like there's people in the safe areas and stuff. But um, which is another complaint of mine actually. The safe areas feel completely pointless, other than just being hubs for fast travel. Like whereas before they had vendors, and you would, mm. you would jump from safe safe area to safe area to see what different vendors had in the different areas. There's literally nothing in there other than the spawn point and sort of inf- the information tally of what you've done in that area. Like, I'm hoping that that gets a bit more fleshed out in some way, but it doesn't really seem to be. It all seems to be built around these settlements. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's like they've, they've structured it. They've structured it differently, but differently enough that some of it really does make it like ease of you know, quality of life changes. And some of it seems to have ever so slightly detra- detracted from what I kind of enjoyed about the first one, which was I liked going from safe area to safe area, checking out all the different weapon deals that were going on and stuff. And I'm, I'm hoping there's something like that near the end with settlements maybe, but I'll have to wait yeah. and see. Like I say, I'm not really far enough into it to kind of make, make a judgment. Mm-hmm. And like with the loot as well, loot, almost feels completely meaningless at the moment i'm just getting tons of it all the time from just playing the game and i'm just selling it off and getting lots of cash for it mm-hmm. and then i don't need to buy anything with the cash because i know i've got another gun coming in the next five minutes on the next mission and it only feels like i'm just stacking up a lot of cash to then get to the end game to spend it all on the real guns i'm going to eventually actually you know make a loadout with yeah wasn't the first one like that i feel oh. like that's what i did in the first game I yeah it, it, i don't know it just feel, it just feels more so it just i just feel like i'm getting a bit sort of fatigued with right i've got another set of gloves oh and another set of gloves oh and another set of gloves and oh a set of knee pads and they're all <laughs> vaguely similar and they don't kind of mean anything because they're all level 11 they, they, and i know i'm going to be level 13 in a couple yeah of, they, they, that you know. stuff doesn't matter until the end um no exactly what i don't but why keep chucking it at me it's that thing. well because um uh, mainly because like you can the stuff that you don't use you can crush for parts to use mm. for um you know crafting mods and things like that to you know 
But uh, why craft mods until you get to the Because, end? like, you need mods to be able to make your skills actually viable when you're going through. Like, um, yeah. decreasing cooldown, increasing the uh, the power, increasing, like, the hive um, item, like, increasing... Some grenade, yeah. Um, like, how much it heals or how long it hangs around for or whatever, you know. And, like, um, mm. the other thing is also the... Um, using uh donating items for the projects for the different settlements oh, right, okay like you'll need like uh, a lot of the projects will be like donate four sets of knee pads or three <laughs> sets of chest armor stuff like that so it's always worth hanging on to those right um for you know donating for those projects because completing those projects like unlock new staff members but they also unlock um blueprints that you'll need later on in the game um i presume i i'm i'm, I'm level 21 <laughs> Uh, and I'm just over halfway through the story, uh, so I'm not. I, I don't know what the end game's looking like yet, to be honest. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what that, that stuff's like because it was very good. The end game stuff was very good in the division. One. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's if it's anywhere if it's as good as it was, then I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. Mm. You know, I've got no real expectations that it's going to be sort of Destiny style raids or anything, but. You know, as long as it's just good, fun, solid shooting that, you know, I can get in with my cousin and just have a have a giggle and, a, you know, feel challenged, then I'm quite happy with that. And, you oh. know, yeah. don't feel cheated at all. It's just a good, good, solid game. Good, good, solid game. But nothing more than that. Andy? What have you been playing? Um, so, um, only a few games. It's been a bit of a dry patch at the moment with the little one and the wife expecting. <laughs> Maybe number two. Um, so it's been like full hell for leather. Swell of a new job. <laughs> so, all I've done so far is complete Lego Avengers. Um, took a few hours to do that. Um, played... But like Avengers basically followed the movies of the Avengers and Age of Ultron and the end of game body is Ultron. So I completed that. Um, there's a few um, extra levels you can unlock. Um, there's quite a bit of DLC which I've already got. Which is like Ant-Man and Black Panther and all that. That I will play through. So I've started on the 100% um, journey now. I'm about, about 17%. 250 gold bricks, etc., etc. So I expect that to take another chunk of time. But yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed that game. It's um, we've done quite a bit with the special moves for the Marvel superheroes, um, and included like special abilities and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm continuing through King's Quest. I am still on chapter two. Um, so far, I have um, you end the first chapter. Spoiler, as a king, um, of this. Um, I was going to play that game as well. Damn <laughs> 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 oh, no. it! You know, like it's like you do, you know, King's Quest. Yeah, I know, I know. It's in, in the, the name. Title. So I know, but it's quite funny at the start where you get all these um, as a king. You get all these decisions having to make, and you get sick and tired of it. So you pay a visit to the village. And you get captured by goblins where you have to do certain routines over a number of days. Game time, not real time. 
um, to eventually escape. And I'm just in the middle of exploring the dungeon and doing these um, little puzzles to eventually escape from the goblins. That is a lot of fun still. I'm still enjoying that, so I will continue with that. And the other game I've been playing is Ticket to Ride. Um, this is on the um, mobile, actually, not a PS4 game. Nice. Wow, I stepped out from Sony. But it's actually available on PlayStation for an extortionate price, I believe. Um, £16 for it, I Oof. believe it. It's a fiver uh, on iPhone. I want to say I got it in a humble bundle you at some point on, on the PC as yeah, well. You might do it, but £16 for the um, base game and then £25 for map packs. And then I wanted to buy it. I was like, uh, £40 for um, yeah. ticket to ride. Nope. It must, have been, a, it must have been a humble yep. bundle because I've got it in my Steam library and I wouldn't have bought this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one of those games that like everybody's probably got in their Steam library. So, it says I've it purchased it yeah. in October yeah, 2013. <laughs> yeah. I've never played it. That sounds about <laughs> right. Honestly. Yeah. But, but I mean, I've played this on iOS and like years ago, like way, way back when it's kind of first hit the scene. And, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, but I've I've got this weird thing for board games, like adapt, uh, you know, adapted into into like video games because I I quite enjoy them because I'm I'm a I do get quite freaked out yeah. by yeah get fre- freaked out by board games because I feel like I'm letting the people I'm playing with down. So that's why I like playing with AI in board games because oh, I don't feel right. like I'm letting someone, you know, I'm I'm not playing the game wrong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. board game community is one of the friendly. One of the most open communities you can get. I mean, there's still a number of dickheads around, but I'm just a very slow learner. That's yeah. the problem. I just feel like I'm bogging someone's game down. Yeah, as yeah. as I said on a recent episode of the podcast, I don't even know how to play Uno, so uh, <laughs> I'm struggling a bit with <laughs> something more complicated. Um, what I will say about this game, though, um, it is true to the board game. So, um. If you ever want to get into board gaming and want to buy a ticket to ride, it's one of the most popular gateway games into board mm. gaming. Then the app itself, the game, is provides um, a decent tutorial and the solo play that you can play. And if you ever stepped out into board gaming scene and played board games, you'd be able just to transfer what you know about playing through the app mm-hmm. to the board game. There'd be no issue. Essentially what it is, is... The base game comes with a map of America and you are building train lines across America. Um, you have different colour train lines. So, for example, it might be a yellow section of a train line or a blue. And y- you have to collect cards. So you have to collect yellow cards, red cards and so on to make these train lines go on. Um, the app plays up to it's five people, um, which is good. Um, I've only played it solo. So I'm going to play against the AI, and the AI is quite good. I think it's cheats at times. <laughs> um, and then you have to, so if, if you wanted, for example, to make a section of the rail with um, three yellows, you would have to collect three yellow cards. Um, each turn of your go, you're allowed one option. So you either collect two cards, or collect one wild, which counts for any colour, or place trains down on the uh, map itself. Um, the game runs out when one of the players drops down to below two trains. So it can be quite short. It's not a massive time sink. 
and so I've been enjoying playing that. Um, it's really true to the board game. Board games are my favourite board games. Um, really cheap. Really just a lot of fun. Highly recommended for a lapsed gamer. And it is available on all platforms. And I probably will get it on PS4 just when it goes down to a reasonable price. I think we've... Tr- it's, I know it's come out on Switch as well. And I think it would work well on Switch. I mean, with the screens. Bright colours. Um, I haven't played it online. That's what next thing I'm going to go. And as far as I understand, it's got asynchronous play. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you don't have to play it. In real time, you can have a go. Play chess oh, by wait. mail style. It's got yeah. asynchronous online yeah. play between Android, iPhone, iPad, Linux, Mac, and PC gamers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Download it. Truly cross-platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might pick up on iPad. <laughs> so have you got any kind of um, other sort of board game adaptations to video games that, that you would recommend? Blood yeah, Bowl, well, go on. Just, just Blood say Bowl. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Like, yeah. yeah, Blood Bowl's excellent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know I've got it looks admit, really I've got, good. Even I've got that. Yeah. <laughs> and you missed that when it was on Game Pass. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Like, uh, and I, I regret that now, actually. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> but um, well, because the reason I've been playing it is because I managed to get a new phone, um, and it's got 128 gig memory, so I've managed to download loads of games now to the phone. And instead of whereas my old phone, I was just fighting for memory because with photos, etc., messages, yeah. and everything that takes up your memory, I just didn't have space for it. So I've got space now for games, and I've got a number of them. Um, I will be probably talking about them over the next few episodes because mm. there's seems to be quite a few. Nice, but yeah, highly recommended. Ticket to ride, and if you want to play me. Just hit me up on Twitter through Laps Gamer or from my own tweet. Mm. From my own Twitter. Been playing anything else? That's it. That's it. It's been like a slow one. Okay. I'm just like just working my way through small <clears> things. <throat> Eventually, hopefully, I will have more to talk about. Cool. Uh, well, I'll just run through what I've been playing. Uh, today, I finally finished um, a game that I've pledged for Codec Momentum. I've had it for ages and I've never actually got around to finishing it. Uh, Bulletstorm, the remastered oh, version of it. That was a good game. Um, but at the time, I enjoyed Bulletstorm. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, it's not. I haven't really got much more to say about it than that. It's got it's a very unique, of its time. It is very of its time. The humor is very of its time. In fact, I I forgot that it wasn't a gearbox game because I was like that. Like when when people are saying I'm gonna kill your dick and stuff like that, I was like this. This sounds <laughs> yeah. like the sort of stuff that Randy Pitchford would write. Um, would would like you know the sort of thing that he'd stick in his game, but it's not. It's not a Gearbox game. Um, although I think Gearbox published the remastered version because they had to jam Jim yeah, Nukem in there. Yeah, it was um, Cliff Bozinski, and I want to say it's people can fly? people can fly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, like it's it's a good game. Like it's got a very unique control method, sort of like um, the Gears of War style sprint. Uh, you know, on the X button uh, or the A button. Um, and uh, the whole thing with the tether and the fact that it's like rewards you for killing enemies stylishly and changing up how you're killing them and stuff like that and that leads to, into the the multiplayer which is really interesting um, and really unique um, but the game itself is just it's okay it's okay the story's dumb the writing is even dumber 
um and <laughs> the yeah it was it's enjoyable i'm glad i'm glad i played through it and that was uh, yeah. one that was like part of me wants to say that game was heavily inspired by the club and that kind of the idea of just shooting people for points yeah. and trying to rack up a, a large score yeah but then marrying that to a gears of war style shooter mm. i think sort of the club set a few things ticking in a few people's minds over at, yeah over at epic and kind of yeah this is what they came out with and it's it's a, it's a really intriguing concept and i think there, there is a way that you could sort of bring this back without the kind of, you know as a, as a new ip doing this kind of thing there's there's definitely an angle in this that i think would be really interesting mm-hmm. but i think someone needs to kind of have a have a big think and sort of hit that and that would that would do gangbusters i think especially Ooh. in a kind of an yeah. apex legends world you know yeah. mate you know making a leaderboard shooter might be quite quite a, quite a cool thing to yeah. hit the yeah. scene um yeah that, that game was was fine you know, it was free on PS Plus recently. If you picked it up, it's well worth playing through just because it mm. it does some things um, differently than other shooters. Uh, it's, like I remember the whole dinosaur level. Oh yeah, that oh, stuff was really good. Oh, there are some really interesting set pieces. The graphically, mm. it has not aged well. Even the, even in its <laughs> remastered form, it has not aged well. Uh, but it does some interesting things, and it's got some fun weapons. And uh, I don't know, it goes some fun places. The writing like is, say, like, is it terrible. Fun is the best word for that. Is the whole thing is just about just being crazy and silly. And- yeah wacky you know yeah but don't go into it expecting a nuanced story or characters you actually care about (laughs) Uh, it's just not that game but yeah it's at the end of a hard week at work isn't it yeah yeah if you you took gears of war and somehow dumbed it down yes that's what i seem to remember yeah basically yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i've been playing bomber crew again uh i picked up the um so a while ago on PC um, and then fairly recently on Xbox uh, and PS4, I think, and it's coming to the Switch version at some point, they added in um, a DLC, which is ba- basically the same game, but instead of you being like a British crew flying Lancaster, you're now an American crew flying a uh, B-17 flying fortress. Um and it's it's basically the same game, but like the Flying Fortress was uh, was laid out very differently with different gun emplacements, and you have a slightly larger crew, so there's more people to juggle, uh, and everybody's wearing aviator sunglasses, <laughs> and it's like it's it's just a nice like you know addition to that game. Like uh, I I finished. On the Switch version, uh, well, in, in the main campaign version, um, you have like these story critical missions that you can do, but there is an infinite supply of side missions to do along the way. So you don't have to move on to the story critical missions. So I flew over a hundred missions on the the base version of that game before I finally went and did the final mission because I was just grinding out side missions because I wanted to get all the upgrades for um, my plane, the Spruce Goose. Um, sure. And uh, I ended up, I ended up renaming it in the end, Bash the Fash, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I painted it bright pink and had Bash the Fash written down the side of it. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I, cause I just really enjoyed the gameplay loop in that, and so I just was happy to just keep playing through the side missions. Um, the 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 flight, the American one, uh, it's just called US USAAF. Um, 
United States Army Air Force, I think is what it stood for, because the Air Force in World War Two was just an extension of the Army at that point, rather than its own thing. Uh, doesn't it doesn't appear to have its own, like an infinite level of uh, side missions, so you can't grind stuff out. You can only do like one or two side missions, then the next mission you have to do is a story critical path, and it is really difficult, like really really hard compared to the base version. So I've had to. It's been a lot more frantic than, than the version I was used to, but I'm really enjoying it, um, and it's just it's a nice new twist, slight twist on on that, on that game that had become uh, quite familiar for me, like to the point where, as awkward as the controls are on the con- on the console version compared to using the mouse and keyboard, um, it become muscle memory to me. I played so much of that game, like I I must have put. 20 or 30 hours into that game on the wow. switch um, and it's you know it's a it's a little tiny indie game but I, I i love it i absolutely love it i wish there was yeah. more of it at time of recording it's currently in the humble bundle um for 11 pound 41 pick it up and it's it's got 10 days left on that as of time of recording. yeah it's it reduced on ps plus is reduced on playstation actually yeah and it's yeah. it's on the game pass as well and it yeah. was on twitch prime or may still be yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, it's everywhere at the moment. And it's great, and it's 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 made by two people um, who comprise Runner Duck down down somewhere on the south coast. I think they are. I think it's Brighton. I think they're Brighton based. Mm. Um, yeah, it's made by two uh, made by two guys down in Brighton, and it's a really really cool little game. Uh, and there aren't that many games out there quite like it. Uh, it's very like it's very familiar to people who played FTL. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's really good. What else have we been playing? Uh, Valkyria Chronicles. I did a video on that over on the YouTube, so go and check that out. That game is really good. I should have played it a decade ago when it came, well, more than yeah. a decade ago when it came out, and everybody's been telling me since then, oh, you would love it, like, because you love JRPGs and you love, like, turn-based stuff. Like, it's a mixture of those. You'd love it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. I'll check it out. Um, what finally pushed me to get it, aside from the fact that it was reduced to £8 on the Switch, um, was I, I've been thinking a lot about a game that I would like to exist but doesn't uh, and that's like a, a proper XCOM style like a pure XCOM style turn based cover based you know combat game but set in World War 2 um, that game doesn't exist unfortunately at least not yet if there are any game developers out there listening <laughs> make it <laughs> Please, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> um, but uh, Valkyria yeah. Chronicles kind of scratches that itch. It's the closest thing I'm probably going to get. Um, so it's a a turn based, cover based uh, shooter uh, based in an alternate reality, an alternate world version of World War Two, um, but with lots of like JRPG trappings and like. Weird... It's a Japanese idea yeah. of what European World War Two was. Yeah, like. and there's lots of like anime nonsense in there, but it covers a lot of ground. So it's basically like you you play um, you control this group of characters from this nation called Gallia. Gallia is uh, the um, basically the traditional homeland of the Gauls back in the Iron Age, um, and yeah. it's supposed to be like a Belgium or Netherlands style country that's kind of trapped between the Allies are the equivalent of the Allies on the west and the the Axis on the in the east, and you're kind of caught between the two, and the Axis invade, or I they're just called the Imperials in this one. I'm not going to go through the whole storyline stuff. What I will say to this game's credit is despite it being a silly JRPG with like some really wacky stuff that happens 
Um, it sticks to the themes of the Second World War more so than like serious World War II set games have done. So the main example of that is there's a race of people in the, the game called the Darkson who are like, um, they're the analogue of the Jewish diaspora in Europe in uh, in that period of history, in like the, you know, the early 20th century. Um, now, other games that cover World War II have touched on the fact that, you know, the Nazis hated the Jews, the Nazis exterminated the Jews, so on and so forth. Like, from, like, Wolfenstein covers it, um rather kind of clumsily a little bit um with that prisoner of war bit in um the first of the 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 first of the, the, new, first ones. Of the new ones and like other yeah. slightly more serious world war 2 games are covered it as well what those games have always shied away from is the fact that it wasn't just the nazis who would dislike jewish people anti-semitism was rife across europe like in this country as well in america as well and so the game covers the fact that the imperials hate the darksen persecute them put them in concentration camps kill them etc but then there are also characters on the other side characters in your squad who also are prejudiced against those people and make racist comments about them and blame them for all of the things that have gone wrong in their lives and whatnot and it's the sort of like it's it's like tackling that sort of subject matter in a way that a lot of well, pretty much every other World War II game or, or similar sort of game like that that I've ever played has just either ignored or shied away Good from. versus evil. Yeah, and yeah. it's like... I don't know. Actually, there were shades of grey in all this. and Yeah, and even even, even the good... Even the supposed good guys could be, like, really prejudiced and nasty and racist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and it's, like... It's kind of weird for, like, a Japanese company weirdly sophisticated yeah it's 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 really it's it tackles that subject in, a, in an oddly mature way uh, the and i don't know it's kind of it's in, it's it's interesting if nothing else uh but aside from that like the game is just really good it's a really really good cover-based shooter um tactical turn-based like cover-based sort of shooter sort of game i mean it's it's not like a in like a Gears of War sort of thing, it's like it's all dice rolls and and things like that, like an XCOM sort of game. Um, there's an element of skill to it, but there's also an element of randomness. Um, but it's mostly based on your your how good you are tactically, um, what squad members you put down on the ground and where you place them and how you utilize them. And um, yeah, I'm really really enjoying it. I'm just a shame it took me ten years to finally get around to playing it. Um, but yeah I'm hooked it's really good um, nice. just a couple of other ones I've been playing um, Madden 19 uh, so nice for ages I've thought you know what? I should try and understand American football because it's becoming more of a thing here one of my uh, like my old housemate when I was at uni is a um, he covers the NFL for TalkSport now uh, he's oh, mad right. into his uh, American football Um and like my dad went uh worked for a few years in maryland and so he would go every now and then to watch uh philadelphia eagles games and you know local college football and whatnot and uh and also there was the fact that like i like rugby but there is there is uh there's never going to be a good 
um, rugby game ever. <laughs> There's not enough no. money in rugby for it, to, for it to be a good rugby game. So I thought, uh, fair play. But like, yeah. you know, there's a decent uh, American football game put out every year. So I thought, well, you know, I've got EA access. I'll try out Madden 19. Uh, once I got my head around like the basic rules of American football, how the, you know, the downs and yeah, how, you, um, how you progress. Yeah. How the offense and the defense works and everything like that. Because it's, it's, it is very, that was one of the things that put me off before. It was very like stop start, but I kind of understand why it's very, very tactical. It's almost like yeah, a game of chess. Like a game of, yeah, it's um, yeah. chess like. Yeah. I do not understand the plays, the different types of play. Like I can't, I, can, I look at the, I look at the, um, yeah. the diagrams of when so the players are going to move, and that makes total. That makes sense. Think, think of it like, Ooh. think of it like Overwatch meta. No, no, but I, I get that. I get how like the offense ones work, right? Defense, I don't understand how that works, and I don't understand how the names of any of the plays relate to what they are. I think they just make them up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, kind of. But then there's, but if you notice, it's all about like on the defensive end mm. uh, plays. It's all about positioning. Again, it's it's the Overwatch meta, right? So w- what you're doing is maybe you're setting up two running plays mm. so like you so the, the other team thinks you're doing lots of running and you're going to be running the ball all day and then you throw in you know the the you know the side swipe of a a long pass or a, you mm. know a short short you know you make it look like a running play and it turns Ooh. into a you know it turns into a into a passing play and this kind of stuff and and it's all mind games yeah and, yeah and, and that kind of stuff and and a, a lot of American football seems to be that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, and and then your defensive plays basically match up to. So this is going to be a long passing play. It's going to be like a, a short part, you know, a, a running play. Blah blah blah. Then you've got, you've got plays that blitz through their uh, defensive line and and that kind of stuff. And when you actually if you look at the positioning of the pieces on on those playbooks, you realise that, that it's rock paper scissors to a to a degree. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it like you say, it's, it's a it's a chess game where the positions are always constantly moving. So you're always looking to to negate what the other person's doing, but also thinking two steps ahead of, oh, they're setting this up because three de- three plays down the line they actually want to do this. And it's um it's fascinating, but also like an absolute mind melt. Yeah, it's just something I need to 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 get to to learn. It's it's a very technical sport, and I just need to learn a little bit mm. more about yeah. that. Uh, I did play through in basically one long sitting the 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 the, the Madden equivalent of the journey in FIFA. It's called <laughs> Long Wait, Shot. What? Yeah, there's there's a there's a Madden yeah, equivalent. They're putting yeah. it in everything now. It's called they? Long. No, I gotta play it. It's called yeah. uh, Long Shot, and I don't know which version it started in, but this definitely was not the beginning 18. of the story. Started in eighteen. Started in eighteen. Okay, so this one was partway through the story, and it was like you were following like two characters. One dude who was like, like trying, like, uh, was like uh, trying to become a quarterback for the da- Dallas Cowboys, and then it doesn't work, and he ends up going off and being playing for the houston texans or whatever and then his old (laughs) mate who's like who comes out of college but doesn't get signed to an nfl team and he's trying to make it as like a singer songwriter and then that doesn't work and like his his estranged father comes along and dumps his half sister on him and (laughs) then he goes back to his like old school and gets talked into maybe coaching the team he's not sure because he wants to make as an nfl player and then he gets called up to try out for the dolphins and 
go and then plays like one game for the Dolphins and regardless of how well you do you get cut from the team and then he goes back and coaches his high school football team who are being threatened with being like um, uh, it suddenly turns into an 80s uh, team uh, look, Friday night community centre is going to be taken Friday away. night lights it is not um, it's <laughs> like it's real dumb but the, the they all get on their BMXs and have to raise a load of money. Right. Okay. So um, that <laughs> that kind of happens. So like they're they're threatening to merge the football team with another one in another town, and like uh, the, the big property developer is gonna build like a million dollar stadium for the the two teams merged into one team. And they're like, no, like Mathis football is the the town is uh, Mathis football is what holds this town together. Um, we've got to save the team. We've got to save the stadium, and so they have like a really dumb fundraising. Um, <laughs> and then uh, they find a pirate ship and a. Cone. And then actual NFL players come along, <laughs> the balloons, and uh, perform like really, really bad cameos. Because when you get sports people to act in these games, it's awful. Like when you had like yeah. Harry Kane, Harry Kane in FIFA and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really dumb. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> but I like the journey. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the journey because it is, like, again, because it's so tongue-in-cheek and so yep. stupid. The only other game I've been playing is I've, uh, as of today, played a few hours of the World of Warships closed beta. Uh, it's World of Tanks, but with battleships. That's it. World of Tanks, but slower. World of Tanks, but slower on uh, and with ships. Water. Yeah. yeah, on water. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I've got to turn and get away from this. I'll see you in an hour. <laughs> uh, well, that's the end of this part of this episode, or this episode. Um, we're going to be back in a couple of days with uh, another episode talking about uh, Google Stadia. Um, because if we put the two parts of this episode together, it's more than two hours long. And we respect your time too much to make you listen to all of that. Nobody wants, Nobody wants that. a podcast that long. Um, unless you're a giant bomb. Depends. Um, hardcore history. Uh, oh, yes, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. I will sit oh. and listen to that man talk about the Mongols for, for four and a half hours happily. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. If you like history, go listen to that podcast. But, oh, yeah. Especially awesome. the Mongols yes. one, because I, I literally bought that the, the other day. It's it great. I'm currently listening oh. to the one about the uh, Achaemenid Persian Empire. Um, and it's really good. His stuff is amazing. I ain't got around to that. It's World War One one. So uh, yeah, Countdown to Armageddon. It's, yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's amazing. He's like, if you love history, check that out. But why are yeah. we talking about this anyway? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks very much for listening. Like I said, we'll be back in a few days with another episode talking about Google Stadia. Uh, in the meantime, go and check us out on Twitter at Laps Gamer. Go and check out the YouTube channel. You can see the video that I mentioned about Valkyria Chronicles over there. Just search Laps Gamer Radio over there. Uh, don't search for LGR because there is another YouTuber who is far better than I am uh, called LGR. Um, yeah, he does he does really good videos on like old IBM PCs and and like weird technology and old PC games. Like his YouTube channel. <laughs> fantastic go and check that out as well um uh yeah you can check out our website uh lapsgamer.com and you can send us an email if you want to lapsgamerradio at gmail.com uh but in the meantime thanks for listening bye, bye.